Welcome to the Clam Bake! Welcome to the Clam Bake. It's a fresh take on a question all this time. If a woman is alone in the forest, will she still be undermined? It's a sorority of equality. It's a bonfire of a patriarchy. Come on, your hands, bring your moms, bring your dads. Come to the Clam Bake with me. Yeah, I'm Angela Gallner. I'm Lindsay Stidham. And we want to be better feminists. Dang it. Each week we interview different guests about their experiences, challenges, triumphs, and follies with feminism. Angela. What? Being a human is tough. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and being a feminist can be complicated. Yeah. Also, yes. But our best resource is each other. That's so cute. we're going to get to talking. Uh, clam check in, Linz. How's your clam? It's good. It's a little tired today. Yeah. I totally backed my car into an SUV. SUV's oh. fine. My car, not fine. Not happy about it. That sounds really fun. Sounds real Lindsay. Real on brand for me. <laughs> um, all of my friends have been getting in very, very minor car accidents lately. Hey, man, I got, I got a working body and a working car, so I'm thankful. I just went somewhere really perverted with the work and body thing. Yeah. How's your clam, Ange? Oh, my clam is well rested today. I was so stressed out last week. I just felt you like were, I, I remember. Yeah, I I was a little on the nuts side. Um, but today I like slept well, and then I finally like exercised again. And we're jealous. It was nice. <laughs> I felt like I got my brain and my body a little bit more synced up. Um, and we have a first read through. I'm I'm doing a. Two plays this summer, but um, the one we have a read through tonight of is Julius Caesar. Um, and there's been all of this controversy. We Please record this. cast a Trump Julius Caesar. Are you doing well, it? Yes, but here's the thing, Lindsay. Have you read Julius Caesar lately? Yeah, but it's been a while. <laughs> so it's like the, oh, there's this whole controversy at the public theater right now, um, which this is going to be dated by the time we release this. But basically they cast like a very Trump Caesar and a very Melania Calpurnia mm -hmm. um, and people are losing their shit because uh, Caesar gets stabbed spoiler alert yeah. that's what the play's about lots um, of assassination stuff lots of assassination stuff but it's like these these uh, like I think it was Delta and Bank of America pulled their uh, patronage of the theater so we know who they like for president but no 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 it's I like, know they're dumb they're dumb it's like they didn't they didn't read or watch the play the play is about what happens when if you don't like the leader and you and you take violent actions to change to like interfere with democracy your entire republic falls yeah caesar is not the villain in caesar brutus is yeah me too bruti yeah it's yeah. so it's like it's infuriating that there's uh, there's this huge backlash against the play because if they if they actually watched it with uh, an academic eye, or just watched it just watched it or read it they would know that the play is actually saying just the opposite about violence that that violence against the president's the president would be absolutely disastrous for yeah america i mean assassination is rough anyway you cut it whether you like your leader or not yeah it's not it's never I yeah, know. but uh, anyway. Anyway, I'm really excited. I'm really <laughs> excited to get rehearsing because I just think hearing the play out loud right now is going to be fascinating. It is. I haven't read it probably since high school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, apparently at Bank of America, you don't study Shakespeare in high school. <laughs> yeah, apparently you don't watch the plays you endorse. Keep Shakespeare in schools. 
Yeah. Anyway, we have no segue. Okay. We have no segue, no segue. To, to go to masturbation. No segue. That's masturbation, okay. <laughs> masturbation, masturbation. <laughs> anyway, today we are talking about female masturbation, which is pretty exciting. As I mean, a period. TMI, as you know, a little bit of research for this, I did masturbate last night. Good for you. Thank you. I did Thank not. Thank you so much. And now I'm like sad that I didn't. Well, oh well, after this. <laughs> Later. Okay. Um, we have two guests. Uh, our second guest is running a little late, but we'll start with our first guest, the lovely Chelsea Steiner. Am I saying that wrong? No, you're saying that exactly right. Okay. Yay. Chelsea Hi. Steiner. Yay, Chelsea's Yay. here. Um, this is another one of our sort of like blind podcast dates where yeah. we met through the, well, you and Lindsay met through the internet. We're in a cool mm-hmm. internet group, which I will leave uh, unnamed, but we met on an internet group, which is amazing. Yeah. I know, it's secret, the secret club, yeah. secret internet club. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. Ladies, thanks for having me. Oh my God, thank you for coming. Um, real quick, Chelsea is a social media manager and national copywriter for The Pleasure Chest, which is a, a sex toy shop in West Hollywood. And uh, throughout the country. And throughout the country. Oh. We'll let, we'll let you tell us the, a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. can tell us a yeah. little bit more. Yes, so the Pleasure Chest is one of the oldest uh, sex-positive boutiques in America. We've been around since 1971, and we have our Very flagship cool. store in West Hollywood, uh, just around the corner from here. And we have two stores in New York, two in Chicago, and we have a web store. Cool. So rad. So this one here in West Hollywood, is that the original 1971 original location even? It's not the original location. I think we moved to that location like in the 80s, but it's been there for a very long time. That is so cool. That's so rad. Yeah. Uh I I feel like it's an L.A. institution. If you live in L.A., you've likely been inside. It's a pretty cool place. Yeah. Chelsea's also a sex specialist and teaches monthly classes at the Pleasure Trust. Um, she's also given talks at Scripps in UCLA. She's a blogger for Autostraddle and After Ellen and has appeared at panelists at Comic-Con and Stanley's Co- – oh, my God, Angela, speak – Stan Lee's Kamikaze <laughs> and Selexicon? Is that Klexicon. 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 She's a screenwriter. Um, she's a member of the Committee of Women's Writers and uh, the LBGT community. And you can follow her on Twitter at Chelsea Procrast, which is funny. The definition of Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <It's> so <laughs> great. Love it. Um, that's a bio I can get behind. Yeah. It's really exciting. I know. That bio turned me on. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, first off, we always start with this question, and it feels like a setup, uh, but we don't mean it to be. Are you a feminist? Why or why not? Of course I'm a feminist. I mean, I feel it's become feminism, and the word feminist has become such a loaded word, where women are actually, like, trying to tiptoe around it. Like, I hate it when women are like, I'm not a feminist, I'm a humanist. It's like, no, the fundamental definition of feminism is equality, male and female equality. So it's like, I feel like we should really be asking, if you're not a feminist, why the fuck not? What's wrong with you? Um, but yes, I am, a, I am a proud, <laughs> proud feminist. Awesome. Love it. Um, it's so funny asking people that question. We always do like a little commentary that we're like, man, people have like, it's just fascinating to hear what it means to people personally. It's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're focusing today, we're going to talk about all, all kinds of fun sex stuff, but like with the focus of masturbation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we thought we'd start out with some super fun facts that we found on the internet. Yeah. Um, Slash depressing facts. Really. Yeah. I was saying fun with like a <laughs> wink yeah, in my eye yeah. or like tears. Yeah. 
It's just, I mean, we are, I mean, I do feel like uh, women slash women identifiers are our main audience, so we are focusing on female female orgasm today. And Um, masturbation. Masturbation. But Male masturbation is something that it's like, boys will be boys, right? It's just an accepted part of their coming of age, which I feel like was the exact opposite of my experience Mm -hmm. with masturbation, Um, which we'll get to in a second, but real quick. (laughs) Only 57% of women have orgasms when they have sex with a partner, according to uh, 95% of men. Um, and that's see. according to Cosmo. So we'll we'll take that stat with a slight grain no, of salt. No, it's from Mike. Oh, that's Mike. from Mike. Mike. Okay, okay. Um, let's see. I should have bolded things on my outline here. <laughs> oh, lesbian women orgasm 75% of the time during sex, and that's versus that 57% of the time of straight women. So... Yeah. Let so that will... help you decide where you want to land on the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> Slash, we have a lot to learn, and let's share our secrets yes. with each other. <laughs> Sleep with more women. Improve your odds of orgasm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It um, seems like it. 67% of women have faked an orgasm. Let's see. Only 7.9% of women between the ages of 25 and 29 masturbate two to three times a week, whereas 23.4% of men do. I'm so surprised that stat isn't higher for men, to be honest. Yeah, that is kind of crazy, isn't it? It's only the men who are admitting how often they masturbate, I feel like. Yeah. Because there's nothing wrong with it, but I just feel like it's more socially acceptable, which we'll get into, for men to do it, talk about it portrayed in film and television absolutely wait this is something that i found really fascinating um in 2009 the the uk government um got on the bandwagon with some other european nations to encourage teenagers to masturbate at least at least once to once a day it was um in like their like health class pamphlets it was defined as like the right and healthy thing to do but it also um was toted as helping to reduce stds and teen pregnancy which to me seems True, like you're not going to get pregnant while masturbating. The safest no-brainer in the world. <laughs> that should be like one-on-one sex ed. So sorry, when was that? That was in 2009. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, the way that the way that the rest of the world, no surprise here, treats masturbation, treats sexual education, is light years ahead of how we do it in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you think back to what happened to Jocelyn Elders, who was the Surgeon General during Bill Clinton's mm-hmm. uh, term she made the suggestion that, oh, you know, teens, we should encourage teens to masturbate because they can learn about themselves and it's a type of safe sex you can have. Mm -hmm. And just for suggesting that teens should practice masturbation or to learn about it, she had to resign. And this was in the 90s. That was so insane. Um, So it kind of gives you insight into like how kind of sexually oppressive we are as a nation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Chelsea, you are this badass sex <laughs> educator. How, but how did how did this journey happen for you? How did you become comfortable have you always been comfortable with your sexuality, with sex in general? I've always been comfortable with sex and sexuality. Um, I grew up in a very liberal household. My mom is a very hippy-dippy kind of woman. Like, she went to Woodstock. Mm-hmm. She used to party at the factory. Like, she's a Dang. very liberal... Your mom's real cool. She's real cool. <laughs> she, like, lives in Silver Lake. She's, like, Goldie Hawn. She mm-hmm. looks super young. She does bar method every other day. Like, she's, like, a cool... Wait, does she cool do mom. bar method at bar method Silver Lake? She does. I do bar method at bar method Silver Lake. You've probably Who's seen her there, Roz. <laughs> Roz, what does she look like? She's short, uh-huh. and she has blonde hair. She looks like Goldie Hawn. 
and she always works. She has a spot. She likes to work like is by she, the back wall. Is she like bleach blonde? Like she's, white blonde? She's very blonde, but not bleach, but like pretty blonde. She's oh. very blonde and very tan. I feel like I know who she is, and she looks young. Yeah, yeah. No, like, she looks amazing. Okay, I'm gonna. Okay. Okay, I'm, I'm oh, gonna, she's been in my class. Hang out with cut Roz. that section. I just got really excited. <laughs> I just think we all straight up have to hang out with Roz eventually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I promise. Like, if you work out there, you've definitely seen her. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Well, that community is like very political and feminist oh, and yeah. loving. Like after the election, there was like booze and donuts and yeah. It's I mean, just a very the women that the women that run that bar method are super lovely. Like they're just. Yeah great people yeah. and they've built a really great community yeah um they're they're all awesome but yeah so i grew up in a very open liberal household sex was never like a hush hush thing my mom was always very straightforward with us of like this is how babies are made this is what's you know and she was never anti-sex she was never anti-masturbation mm-hmm. so i grew up with zero shame around anything really <laughs> That's so incredible. I grew up very, very Catholic. Oh, wow. I didn't masturbate until my sophomore year of college. Wow. Yeah. I don't feel like I really masturbated until college either, but, like, no reason why not. Like, I I was just uptight. Ah. Well. Just an overachiever. Too much homework. (laughs) Well, it can be. I mean, here's the thing. We have zero, like, there's. We don't really see women masturbating in pop culture. No one writes about it. No one talks about it. The idea of that horny teenage boy that can't stop jerking off is everywhere. You know, it's American Pie, and it's every teen movie, or it's every raunchy, you know, right. show, magazine, whatever. But then we don't really have any, you know, any examples of women doing that in our popular culture. So mm-hmm. if, like, we don't see something... It kind of doesn't exist. You know, visibility matters in so many different aspects of Absolutely. being a person, being a woman and being sexual. Yeah. yeah. Um, and even just being like a sex positive woman in America is still a radical thing and mm-hmm. is still kind of a, you know, badass, yeah. Hard, yeah. hard line to take. And so for me, I was always, I mean, I was sex positive before I even knew that was a term mm-hmm. that people had. Um, so, you know, when I was in college and I found out that my roommates didn't masturbate or that, you know, my friends in my hall didn't masturbate, I was like, oh my God, you guys should masturbate. It's great. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I can't remember a time I wasn't masturbating. That's so um, awesome. That is awesome. So, but I was the kind of friend who was like, oh, you had sex last night at a frat party. You didn't use a condom. Get in my car. We're going to get you a plan B. So I was the person that was like, you should, you know, I was that person yeah in my friend group you are everyone's excellent friend you were always the sex bird <laughs> <laughs> I was. yeah even, even back when i knew even back when i was a virgin like i wasn't having because i didn't lose my virginity until i was 19 mm-hmm. and i was a big i mean i went to stanford which is a very nerdy school totally and you know i was a big nerd in high school i mean i was a good sex, company sex yeah. positive nerd but like i did not you know like i didn't date that much and mm-hmm, you know yeah. i was too busy getting straight a's and like being being a good student and all that shit. Yeah. Um, and then when I went to college, I went wild. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you were living in a great place to do it, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, for me, like, one of the things that sticks out most in my mind is one of my best friends, who's still my best friend to this day, uh, we were talking about masturbation. She, too, grew up very Catholic, mm-hmm. never masturbated, and she was like, well, I'm not going to do that because I'm just going to wait until I get married and then like my husband will like know what to do. And I was like, Oh no. And I was like, honey, (laughs) honey, they don't know what they're doing. Like he doesn't know his way around your pussy. Like he's not. And she like started sweating and was like, Oh my God, 
oh my god they don't know and i'm like how would, how would they, they know? know i'm like how would they i'm like you see the dumb guys we live next door to like they're idiots they don't know anything they're sticking their dicks in pies they don't know anything <laughs> so you know and just kind of having it but i've always been trying to kind of normalize the conversation around masturbation female mm-hmm. masturbation because everyone should be doing it mm-hmm. if they're not already and there's just stigma about talking about it you yeah. know i mean even just talking about sex like when I was in high school and into college, that's when Sex in the City was on, and it was right. like really in the zeitgeist. And that show, like looking back, it's like, yeah, okay, it's problematic now, but I loved that show. And it was and pretty revolutionary at the time. Oh, it was. It was. Totally... It's just like a bummer to me though that like Samantha, like I think full on calls herself a whore. Samantha from Sex in the City, mm-hmm. just because Samantha. she likes to have sex. Yeah, and she's the whore, and she's like, mm, it's it's great that I'm a whore, but like. No, she's like step six. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I feel like that show would be so different if it was made twenty years later. But well, I yeah. just, I just saw an article that if it was made now, Miranda would be the protagonist, and I oh, loved yes. that. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but that she's show, the most interesting. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, the most relatable. Uh, but that show made it okay for women to talk about sex with each other. Definitely, and it gave us a an example or kind of an idea of like, oh, if they can do it, we can do it too. And we can have these conversations. So it really gave a lot of women permission to be able to talk about sex in a frank way. That's actually what I wrote. I wrote my thesis on Sex and the City. Amazing. That's amazing. Because liberal arts degrees are so useful. Oh, my God. Please tell <laughs> us the title of your thesis. And now I'm like so okay, dying I'm to I'm trying know. to remember what the title of it was. But it was something like women talking frankly or like women talk or just like it was a girl talk, but it was, like, girls talking frankly about sex. And it was, like, you know, my communications. And my professor was, like, an old British guy in his 60s. And he loved it. Oh, like, I he love thought it. it was the greatest. He started watching Sex in the City. Oh, my God. Real, I never missed an episode. Me. me and my college roommates, a gay man, a straight man, uh, my roommate and I, uh, which we probably were confused for our sexuality at that time, we would all watch it together every Sunday all through college. I, we oh, never yeah. missed I mean, it. It was it, it was like must see TV like you had to watch yeah mm-hmm. Sex in the City it was, it was the just, best yeah totally so how did how did that long long stream of sex positivity transition into sort of what you're making your career on now in some way so an aspect of your career well you know I'd always been sex positive and I mm-hmm. kind of carried that with me throughout my life and I've always been interested in sex, fascinated by sex. I've always just thought it was, I mean, it's the most interesting topic. Mm -hmm. And I was, I'm a screenwriter by trade Mm -hmm. and I've been writing, I've been writing for years and I was looking for a day gig Mm because, you know, with writing in this business, it's feast or famine. You can sell something, make a ton of money and then not sell something for three years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I need health insurance. I need like a stable job. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I want to do something that won't make me want to kill myself. Like I want to do something fun because I've done you know working at a talent agency working in casting mm-hmm. kind of all those miserable assistant gigs that you get when you're trying to make it in Hollywood yep um and I was like I just want to do something that's fun that pays my bills that like has some flexibility and I just kind of stumbled into this job mm-hmm. funnily enough I found out about it from the same secret internet club that we're in yeah amazing uh, yeah someone had posted it um and I saw the ad and I was like I'd never worked in any sort of adult business. I'd never worked in the sex industry, but they were looking for someone who was a writer. And I was like, well, I'm a good writer and I love writing sex jokes and sex puns. Mm -hmm. And I was already a blogger. Um, So I just kind of applied on a whim and then I interviewed and I got the job. So I really started this gig having kind of 
little to no knowledge about the sex toy industry mm-hmm. um, and about the sexual health and wellness industry and just kind of hit the ground running and learned as I took the job. And from there, you know, I just kind of took it and ran with it. So I've been there for two years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been great. It's been such a fun job. Yeah. It's a wonderful place to work. All of my coworkers are super amazing and lovely. It's fun as someone who's queer to work in an office where almost everyone is queer or if not, they're super queer friendly. Right. It's the most diverse place I've ever worked. That's cool. That um, is really cool. And it's a great gig. I mean, I can, it's flexible hours. I can bring my dog to work. Oh, nice. um, and it's just like a really fun kind of warm family vibe over there. Nice. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah, so I feel what really are, lucky. What are like the the biggest or most shocking or, or, or most perspective altering things you've learned since working there? Oh, I mean, the two biggest things that I left, that I've experienced there is number one, knowing that your clitoris has legs. What? That what? More Explain. To... <laughs> so there's more to that. We all think of the clitoris as this like little button kind of at the top of your vulva. Uh-huh. And it's like the magic button, right? The guy and in the boat. The guy, the man in the boat right. or the man in the canoe or whatever you want to call it. But it turns out, and this was only discovered in 2009, there's actually a whole internal portion of the clitoris that's all under the skin that's inside you that you don't see so it's kind of like an iceberg so we think of like this kind of tip of the clit as like all there is but there's all this other like clit infrastructure inside your body so the clitoris actually has two legs that kind of run down either side and then it has two bulbs so two kind of vestibules so the this uh, internal clitoral tissue is Erectile tissue. Uh-huh. It's the same kind of tissue that men have in their penises. So it's that same anatomy, just in a different shape. So that wow. when you're getting aroused and you're, you know, in your labia swell and you kind of turn red and you get wet and all of that juiciness starts happening, that's like all the internal clit kind of firing up. So I had no idea. And most people don't know that there's an internal clit. Um, like I said, they didn't discover it until 2009. That's so That's bonkers. Crazy. Which which tells you like how much they prioritize yeah, female, female anatomy and pleasure-based yeah. anatomy. Um, so that was like a mind-blowing thing that I learned. Yeah. Because I thought I knew everything there was to know about my body. Um, <laughs> so that straight up blew my mind. Yeah. Um, and then the second thing was uh, lube and how drugstore lube is terrible. And most yeah. of us, we've only ever experienced, you know, KY or Astroglide, like your drugstore lube, and that lube is really just honestly garbage. Yeah. Uh, and there's much better, safer lube out there. So if you've ever had an experience with lube and been like, what's the big deal? This stuff is, like, sticky and tacky, and I hate it. Um, come into the store, buy some quality, quality. lube. Yeah. Yeah. So those those are, like, the two biggest things, I think, that yeah. blew my mind. Um, but there's, like, just a lot of stuff, and stuff that, like, I didn't even – I mean, I considered myself pretty – at least aware of like oh different kinky things like you can tie someone up and you know mm-hmm. and I was aware that, that existed just like in pop culture but there were all these other nuances and all these other like kind of extreme sex acts that I wasn't aware of that I was like whoa I didn't even know that was a thing um but it, in the meantime why don't you tell us a bit about like when you do teach specifically female masturbation and what you teach and also like some of the craziest questions you get where people are just like things people don't know <laughs> So a lot of people have the misconception that like they're coming to a class just to see me jack off. Very different kind <laughs> yeah. of service that I do not offer. All of our classes are theoretical. So all of our classes 
are lecture-based and we take questions from the audience and we talk about, you know, whatever we, all of our classes are free. So the Pleasure Chest strongly believes in like free sexual education because we don't really get any in our schools. Mm -hmm. And we have this weird, awkward dichotomy right now where there's no adequate sex ed in schools. But on the other hand, we're inundated with all of this very, very graphic pornography. Yes. So people are watching porn thinking that's how you have sex. And as we know, porn sex has nothing to do with real life actual sex. Uh, there's an educator named Reed Mahalko who likes to say that learning how to have sex from porn is like learning to drive from watching the Fast and the Furious movies. <laughs> that's a great metaphor. Like you're going to get hurt. Those people are pros. Um, so you, you know, you want to, there's no real place to just educate yourself in a knowledgeable kind of safe, non-judgmental manner. So we offer free weekly workshops in our, all of our locations. Uh, you come in, you learn something new, and then you get 15% off anything in the store that night. Great. Um, so it's a really fun kind of thing to do. It's fun to do with a bunch of friends. It's fun to do with whoever you're sleeping with, or even if you're flying solo, um, so when I teach classes about, you know, female orgasm or female pleasure or really any sort of pleasure, it always starts with masturbation mm -hmm. because for women, like we were talking about the orgasm gap earlier, there is a gap between how much straight women orgasm and to the levels that straight men orgasm. So it's just like the wage gap or mm -hmm. the gender gap. It's just another gap where women are getting the short end of the stick, literally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think for me, the basis of any sex ed class is communication, right? Yeah. Is being able to talk to your partner, is being able to convey, like, this is what I like, this is what I don't like, this is what I want in bed. And a big part of knowing what you like is masturbation. Because how do you know what how to tell your partner what to do unless you know what gets you off, unless mm -hmm. you've experienced an orgasm solo? So I think that that's a big thing. And I have people come in. I mean, I had a young woman come in just a few weeks ago to buy her first vibrator, uh, which is always a fun yeah. kind of interaction. And they come in, they're all nervous. They're like a little doe in the woods. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and she was like, you know, I've had sex with men. I've had boyfriends, but I've never had an orgasm and I've never masturbated. And I was like, wow. Okay. So, you know, we talked a bit. I showed her some options for first time vibes. And I was like, and she was like, I don't know what to do. And I was like, well, there's no wrong thing to do. Like, you know, just like use it in different ways or try it. Like there's no wrong way. Just do whatever feels good to you and kind of go down that road. And she was just like, I don't even know what feels good to me. And I, so I told her, I was like, you know, maybe, you know, set aside an evening, light some candles, you know, maybe like read some erotica or watch some porn or whatever you think is sexy. Maybe it's a sexy scene from a movie. And she was like, I don't know what I find sexy. Whoa. So I was just like, oof. Then, like, you have a lot of exploring to do. Yeah. And I told him, I was like, you know what? Start looking at different kinds of porn. Start reading different things and just see, just kind of explore what turns you on. Mm -hmm. And the fun thing about masturbation is it's not a contest. Right. It's just you. You don't have to have an orgasm every time you do it. And just think of it as, like, an exploration of your own body, of getting to know your own body and how it responds yeah. to touch and sensation and just kind of go from there. But we're so, we're brainwashed into being like scared of our own bodies, mm -hmm. that our own bodies are shameful and dirty and smelly and we shouldn't touch them. And that, you know, there's so much negative messaging around it Yeah, um, that puts a lot of people off masturbation. It's a shame because that's kind of the root of like yeah. getting to know yourself and your sexuality. 
I feel like too, I mean, I'm not a, any sort of medical professional, but like, you know, with a dude, it's pretty straightforward. You got this thing hanging out and mm-hmm. you sort of play with it and then something squirts out of it and then you're done. Uh, but it took me like a couple of months when I first started masturbating to even know what an orgasm was and to like let myself release into having it. And I find that the older I get and the more I do it, like what it feels like really changes and kind of grows and shifts. And I, I don't know, that's just my experience. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's like, you know, the male arousal pattern is very straightforward. It's a right. very much a straight line. It's A to B, jerk off, ejaculation, you come, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for women, the orgasm, uh, like the arousal pattern, kind of the arousal map is different. So it takes women longer, mm-hmm. in, and not in all cases. You know, some women can come immediately, good for them. Uh, other women, it takes them longer time to kind of reach that stage to plateau or to kind of push over that edge. And a lot of it is psychological, mm-hmm. you know? If you've been told to be, if you've had that messaging of being ashamed of your body, ashamed yes. of your sexuality, don't masturbate, yeah. it's going to be, you're going to get stuck in your head. Right. And then you're going to get frustrated because you're stuck in your head. And then you're definitely not going to come because you're all caught up yeah. in, you know, in your yeah. mind. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of... Speaking of masturbating. Of masturbating and having trouble <laughs> with it and getting caught up in their mind. If there's ever a girl who's had hang-ups with her vagina... <laughs> She's so pissed at me. <laughs> it's Megan Brotherton. What an intro. <laughs> My dream intro. Just Hello. kidding, but also not really. I mean, a little. <laughs> I'll let you talk more about it. But um, Megan is a filmmaker, director, writer, actor, producer, everything Um, And she made a short film, a short comedy film about her hangups with her body and and masturbation and her sort of foray into discovering self-love. Yeah, we'll let Megan intro herself a little bit, and then I would love to play the trailer for it. Oh, exciting. Yeah. Uh, Hi, guys. Yeah, I have a short film about a woman who's never masturbated, and it's based loosely on my own experience. Um, and it's funny, I never refer to it as a hang-up. I don't know why Oh, I'm sorry. I've, that, that's no, no, something, no. Maybe, maybe that's me putting something negative on something that doesn't need to be. No, but it's also accurate in some ways because that is the way a lot of people see it. And I guess it is in a certain sense. But from my experience, it was really fear. Like, I mm. could identify very clearly that I was afraid for all the stuff that you guys were talking about, about this, like, weird subconscious thing that we learn, which I never learned in, like, a very direct way to be afraid of my own body and of my sexuality Mm -hmm. um and it really manifested when I learned that everybody masturbated um (laughs) because I knew that boys did my my high school um guy friends all talked about it but I I didn't have any girlfriends who talked about it and I just kind of assumed that girls didn't really do it um (laughs) I'm gonna play I gotta play the trailer before we get too deep I think Do you masturbate? You need to, Claire. Promise me you'll try. Everybody does it. Everybody does it. You're not depressed. You're just horny. Oh my god. <laughs> it's so nice to I like that it almost it. sounds like a monster movie or a something. All right? What? A vibrator. Oh, there I am. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the, the, the reaction, the normal reaction to it. Um, we're getting that feedback. 
No, it makes me realize like the sound design is totally tapped into the psychology of it. Like, don't, don't, yeah, don't, exactly. Don't, don't, like, that, that was what was happening inside my head. Um, but yeah, so it's a comedy uh, dealing with a subject that's actually really on point, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get feedback if it's not plugged in. Oh, shoot. We're trying yeah. to figure out some tech okay, stuff. Sorry. All right. There we go. Um, so when did you start masturbating, Megan? Uh, I think I was 26. Uh, yeah, so I I really did. There's a scene in the movie where the psychiatrist or therapist says, um, oh, honey, you're not depressed. You're just horny. Um, that really was said to me. Uh, I was dealing with a breakup at the time, and I had stopped getting my period um, for four years, uh, ultimately. And so I had started to question like, if I if there was something wrong with me. Um, if I didn't, if I wasn't feminine enough and, Mm. um, and I had had like a healthy sex life, but it was very much driven by my partner who was no longer there. And so it, the question just kind of presented itself. I mean, I look back and realize like I brought that in, like (laughs) I, I totally baited my therapist to say that. Um, but at the time when she said, I was like, Ooh, like you can't hear what I say when she says, do you masturbate? Because I'm just making a grossed out face, which was how I felt about <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, oh, yes. When she said that, that she really did say everybody does it. And then she said, even your mother masturbates. And that was like, <gasps> and so I did kind of, because I'm like a dramatic person, I did start just looking at the world differently <laughs> that day. And was yeah. like, oh my God, she masturbates and he masturbates and that person, the bus driver masturbates. And like, it was a big eye-opening experience for me. So well, why do you guys think there is such a stigma for ladies? And, like, we grow up with this of, like, thinking that's not something we do. I mean, it's part, you know, the greatest trick the patriarchy ever pulled was convincing women that their beautiful, magical, life-giving bodies are somehow, like, tainted and dirty and bad. And just the whole idea of you know, that impossible catch-22 of being a woman, of we want to want is they want us to want sex. We should be sexy, but not too sexy. And we should give it up, but not too early. That kind of impossible tightrope walking that is being a woman. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we kind of grow up, and it's the idea of, like, being a good girl and, like, not sleeping around Mm -hmm. and not being a quote-unquote slut, which kind of goes hand-in-hand with, like, and also good girls don't, sleep around they aren't too flirty they mm-hmm. don't touch themselves they don't talk about their body parts like you know what i mean so it's mm-hmm. a very repressive kind of culture and like i was saying earlier we have no real role model or you know social pop culture model for doing this like the idea of a teenage boy jerking off is cliche at this point like mm-hmm. every teen movie has a guy beating off but we really i could count the numbers of female masturbation i've seen in movies on one hand like right. it's such a small number yeah That's what really fired me up about this is, like, I got kind of two reactions. I got a lot of supportive reactions to the film, but I got two other reactions. One is what I kind of expected, which is like, ooh, this makes us uncomfortable. Let's not talk about it. Women don't masturbate, Um, which is really what the movie was trying to address. But the thing that surprised me was a more, like, feminist reaction that was like, oh, aren't we beyond this already? And that really got me because I'm like, no, it is not the same. It's not even for men and women. And it is very common for women not to masturbate or not to be able to orgasm. And like, we have to give that its due. It, we need to have, you know, television, film, whatever, like showing it so that it's normal. Mm-hmm. I can name two movies about female orgasm, Kissing Jessica Stein and The Big O. That th- they're literally <laughs> the only two films I can name about it, period. 
It's insane. Well, there was a big <laughs> um, after. Uh, is it Black Swan where there's a masturbation? Oh yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, laying like face down, and they were like, yeah. "Oh, finally something accurate at least," because like <laughs> it, it was like yeah, not yeah. very fairly represented up until then. I actually went to an, the year that movie came out. I w- went to an Oscars party, and it's a costume party, and I went as Natalie Portman masturbating. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! And it was the b- easiest costume ever because I just wore like a, a pink tank top and wrapped myself in a pink sheet, uh, and then I just like had my hand that. in my pants and then <laughs> pretended like I was kept getting so caught masturbating. Funny. The whole. That's so funny. amazing. That is amazing. That is amazing. But to go back to your question, I I definitely, because I've like racked my brain about my memory of where I learned this from. And I, because I went to Catholic school, but I was never like directly shamed. I was never taught like, don't touch yourself or anything like that. But the messages that you're mentioning of like that girls who are promiscuous or sexually active are bad. And like that was not only a part of the institution, it was even more powerfully a part of like our own social regulation where like people would talk about that girl nobody ever talked right. about the boy but mm-hmm. the girl that gave the blowjob or right. the girl who got pregnant or whatever like that stuff was so scary and so powerful that i think that was like probably the strongest message i got from from mm-hmm. my catholic school experience yeah yeah as i'm like reflecting on on this all now i'm thinking about you know i grew up very very catholic i signed a chastity agreement and i presented wow. it to my male priest as all <laughs> we were we we that was part of confirmation. I have so many questions going on. Oh, <laughs> twisted. Crazy. Twisted. Um, but is he in the, the priest is the keeper of right? you, yeah. apparently? Yeah. Well, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, but I think a lot of my feelings about it also came from the idea that sex occurs between a man and a woman in marriage. Mm. And the idea of like spir- experiencing something sexual without a male partner there, even after I had sort of like left the church and, you know, tapped out of the whole God conversation. I remember very distinctly because it was my boyfriend who was like, I kind of think you need to like start masturbating. Cause like, if you don't know what's going on down there, how am I supposed to know what's going on down there? And I was like, what? And I was like, but I want you to be there when I like orgasm for the first time. And he's like, I don't need to be. <laughs> and I really felt like it was something that needed to be shared with a with a male and that idea kind of makes my skin crawl now, but mm-hmm. you know, I I I hadn't really I would I had been very sheltered up until that point. Why didn't you just share it with God, Angela? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> get me you're going to get me struck by lightning. <laughs> I had a similar realization of just like realizing that because there's a void for sexual education particularly for women what fills that void is the adolescent boys or maybe girls, but in my experience it was boys that teach you what sex is. And that's terrifying. That is terrifying. If there's anyone that's like the least qualified, <laughs> it's a young boy who's trying to figure himself out. Like that's just, that's a real bummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Megan, have you had any extreme, re- you've, you've shown your short now, like at a lot of festivals around the country. Mm-hmm. Have you had any extreme reactions in public? when showing it or odd conversations or anything Mm. or people who've reached out from the internet positive or negative (laughs) yeah the internet is more gives more of those the in person it it plays really well because the movie um feeds on awkwardness so it plays well with an audience like people get the humor they can't miss the humor because they they feel the uncomfortableness and that's where the laughs come from whereas like if you can watch it by yourself you can kind of I think judge it a little harsher and and bypass some of the humor. 
um, online, uh, it, it had a pretty long run on Funny or Die, and um, they featured it a bunch. And so when they featured it on their Facebook page, it got all these comments that surprised me that were like, oh, there's no way, <laughs> there's no way that girl would be living with those two dudes. She'd be boning them. <laughs> Which I was like, oh, no, they missed the mark. They missed the mark. Oh, <laughs> my God. Like, it's not that, like, she's just so sex-deprived. <laughs> she has no man to fuck. And so that's why she needs to masturbate. Like, no, 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 no. This is missing the point entirely. <laughs> yeah. But um, I thought that that was really interesting that that was their take. Um other than that, I've, I mean, there's, like, an older female crowd that really loves it. Um, it was terrifying to share the script with my mom, and she's, like, the biggest fan of the movie and shared it with all of her Catholic school girlfriends. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> my grandmother is the only one that never saw it. Um, but I, I, I feel good about I'm, like, fearless about showing it to pretty much anyone. Yeah. Cool. There's a great scene where you're staring at, there's some vibrators behind your head and you have a quite large vibrator. Um, we have two ladies here who I'm hoping know a lot about vibrators. Do you guys want to share with us some of your favorite, uh, favorite sex toys? Sex toys. Uh, I mean, right now, it's all about the womanizer for me. Wait, I've, I've seen pictures of this. That? Maybe it was Celia who shared a picture of this. Yeah, Celia just posted a picture and was like, I got a job. I'm buying myself the womanizer. <laughs> also, I like that we're continuing to talk about Celia on almost every episode <laughs> I of know. this podcast. I know. She's omnipresent. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the womanizer is this revolutionary new toy. And when it came out, we, like everyone at the store made fun of it. Because number one, it's called the womanizer. Like yeah. that's dumb and offensive and the first version of the toy looked like it was designed by ed hardy like the button was a giant sequin and it came in like a leopard print oh like it was like a if peg bundy designed a sex toy it was like the tackiest and it was like expensive and it was really tacky and it felt cheap in your hand and it had that name so we were all like laughing about this toy like oh this toy is so stupid and then we all took it home and tried it and then we were like whoa we were so wrong this toy is amazing we're in love with this toy what is it um what so it it's like? basically and it's a very unique technology so instead of vibrating it creates like a little bit of suction so it basically it looks like one of those mm. ear thermometers you know, that you, like, oh, check someone's yeah. temperature with? Yeah. So it's basically a tiny little no uh, nozzle, and it basically provides suction and kind of, like, blows air at your clit. So basically what do you do? Whoa. It's like a teeny tiny <gasps> almost vacuum that you put on the tip of your clit, and then it creates kind of, like, a sucking sensation. So to put it... There's no really better way to put it. It's kind of like giving your clit a blowjob. So Whoa. it's a toy that gets the closest to the experience of oral sex for women um so it's very revolutionary like there's kind of no other toy it was the first of its kind to use that technology wow. now other toys like they're kind of doing knockoffs of it and different versions of it but it was a very revolutionary it came out i think last year and it won like all the sex toy awards and it's kind of ruined me for other toys like this <laughs> knocks every other toy out of the water for me um, and how much does that run it's an expensive one it's I'm assuming. not cheap yeah. i mean i think they've they keep doing different versions of it. The uh -huh. latest incarnation, like you can buy the cheaper version for like 130 bucks. Yeah. And it goes up to like 200, 220, mm -hmm. yeah. um, which is expensive. Um, but it is worth it. Like this toy is, 
Amazing. Is it all external or is there any that can it's, go inside it's, it's you? It's all external. Yeah. You could pair it with an internal toy. Right. If you like internal stimulation, you could definitely pair it with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of, the majority of women when they masturbate are usually just doing clitoral stimulation. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could totally pair it with an internal toy mm-hmm. if that's what you're into. Mm-hmm. Megan, did making this short make you genuinely explore toys? Like, was that part of the process of making this at all? Or um, I wouldn't say before. I mean, I kind of already crossed that bridge. Like, but so the whole movie was first inspired by the first time I went to a sex shop after I had that therapy session, and I called my best friend, and I was like, "Do you really masturbate?" She was like, "Yeah," and I was like, "Like, how have we never talked about this?" <laughs> and uh, she she lived in Seattle, so I went with my friend from LA. She took me to a sex shop, and I was like so scared like (laughs) like ridiculous like I'm so embarrassed to admit my Mm -hmm. mentality I remember I wanted to pay in cash because I didn't want like oh my god a a weird record record of me (laughs) like as if it was illegal like I was buying contraband it was like before weed was legal or something you're like all right cash transaction (laughs) she did take me to like a pretty gross sex shop that had like little you know those like masturbation um, stalls that men use. Oh my god, like the first sex toy, yeah. the first shop I went into was also really. What gross. are those? What are those? I think well, it's where they can like, watch videos. Yeah. yeah, so it's like a little video booth, and you like put money in the machine, and then it like is a little screen, and you can pick like what kind of porn you want to watch and jerk off in the booth. Um, yeah. But that is a very like OG old school. Yeah, it totally is. But there's still store. those stores in LA. Yeah. Those stores We've are still got around. A lot in little strip malls close to Santa Monica Boulevard. Yeah. There's like three or four of them left. It's almost kind of quaint. Like to me, I was like, <laughs> why would you still go to that store when internet porn exists? Right. And you could just. Yeah. I feel like that's like from a time when like you couldn't. There yeah. were there was no internet and there right. were no computers. Um, so you had to go and like jerk off at a at a store. Um, but in these days, I'm like, who's still, but also in my mind, I'm like, who's still like jerking off at a porn theater, but our right. stores across the street from a gay porn theater. So yeah. I don't know. Someone's doing it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Man, that is vintage. It is. Vintage. But yeah, yeah so like I that. bought like a tiny tickler. That was the first one that, that was the whole, like what the story is based on. And then since then we had a mutual friend who did those pleasure yeah. parties, which was a nice way to like way more pleasant than going to a creepy sex shop. I bought my first vibrator quite drunk. <laughs> was it at that? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I tried that. But um, through, like, sharing this film and stuff, I've gotten more in touch with, like, the community of sex-positive everything. And so I've watched more um, interviews and stuff like that, and everybody talks about the magic wand. Like, it seems like that's, Oh, like, yeah, I mean, thing. the magic wand's a classic. What is um, Is that just, like, the big... Yeah, it's like the big one that looks like a giant microphone yeah. that like your grandma yeah. had to massage her back. <laughs> yeah. It's it is like the OG original vibrator, and they used to. I mean, it's from the 1970s, right. and they would sell it as like a personal massager. massager. Yeah, but of course, everyone was using it to jerk off, <laughs> and it was made by Hitachi, so it was the Hitachi yes. magic wand, the personal massager. And then I think Hitachi caught on to the fact that like, uh oh, everyone's <laughs> masturbating with this, so they sold the toy to a company called Vibratex, and uh. now Vibratex makes the magic. But everyone still calls it the Hitachi, and yeah. it's like consistently 
a best-selling toy. They and came out still with expensive. a rechargeable it's version. Like been, I feel like yeah. it's been thirty nine ninety nine for like forty years. <laughs> You've been price watching for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's in your Amazon basket. Totally. Yeah, you're just, just waiting. waiting. I also yeah. remember it was revolutionary when they made it waterproof. They were like, no, oh, yeah. It's waterproof now. <laughs> yeah, well, a couple years ago, they came out with the rechargeable version mm. that's actually stronger than the original. And mm-hmm. the original will, like, take paint off your wall. So it's a very <laughs> oh strong <my> vibrator. <laughs> um, but that's consistently, like, a bestseller, a top, a best of list kind of toy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Do you know the story? Someone told me about why vibrators have um, like animals on them so much and it had something to do actually especially in Japan I think do you know anything about this? I know that a little bit of it was because uh, vibrators in America or any kind of sex toy in America is classified as a novelty which means that there's no regulation around it. Mm-hmm. So you could have a sex toy and say like, oh, it's made of silicone or it's made of whatever, but you don't necessarily know that Yikes. because there are, we don't have federal regulations, which is why a lot of the best sex toys come from Europe where there are laws and regulations and all of that stuff determining sex toy manufacturing. Hmm. But I think part of like the face of, like the faces on the toys and the bunnies and the animals was mostly just the kind of entice women like it's the same idea behind huh. making vibrators pink it was like what do women like like pink bunnies like <laughs> we joke that there's all this like we recently got a vibrator and that's shaped like a lipstick and i was like jesus christ it's like i think that sex toy manufacturers think that in between our legs is just like a kathy cartoon <laughs> where it's just like i want a vibrator that looks like a shoe or a box of chocolates or a diamond like it's also, all the can most you put offensive. lipstick on it while you're down there i mean it's like it yeah. just seems yeah. like... like it was just it was just the craziest thing like it really is like here's a di- it's it looks like a giant diamond but it's a vibrator God. so yeah yeah um, not to knock those ones that look like lipstick that go in your purse for emergencies. Oh, that's <laughs> what that one was. I do remember seeing that. Yeah, like a discreet vibe is great. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I do think they made that to make the idea of a sex toy less scary mm-hmm. and yeah. to make it more palatable for for women. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I like this. I like some of our questions coming up. I'm wondering if this is on it or not. But uh, uh, what's the best sex advice everybody has received? <laughs> you know it's a tough one mine was probably from Ross my first boyfriend which was you need to masturbate yeah, yeah. <laughs> honestly what a thank what you a Ross little, like disguised feminist <laughs> I know I know Ross with the blue hair <laughs> hats off to Ross evolved mm-hmm. evolved man yeah I mean I do think it's important to know what you like and to experiment with yourself before you then go and have sex with a partner. Right. Um, is to really kind of like know yourself, know your body, and just to communicate. Mm-hmm. I mean, people, we have couples coming into the store all the time with, you know, a massive list of, you know, every possible sexual issue or problem or disagreement that they're having. And 95 of them could be solved if they just had a conversation. Yeah. And if they just communicated mm-hmm. about it. It feels so hard to do, though. People have a hard time talking about sex. I have a mm-hmm. very hard time talking about it. And I thought it was this very, you know, free, wheeling, <laughs> wheeling, dealing kind of gal. And now that I'm in a committed relationship, I'm, like, terrified to, like, have frank conversations about it. Well, it's very vulnerable. Yeah. And it's intimate. I mean, it's ultimately what we're talking about is intimacy. You know, mm-hmm. it's a very intimate thing to do with another human being. So I do think that it, you know, it puts a lot of pressure on people, makes people really uncomfortable. 
but I feel like if you're able to do these things with a partner, like if you're able to have sex with a partner, like you should be able to talk about what you're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also not take yourself so seriously. Right. Like I'm a big believer in like that sex is comedy. Yeah. And that laugh, yeah. like your bodies make weird sounds, weird I stuff happens. Too. So many people get offended when you laugh and I'm like, why are we doing this if we're not going to laugh about <laughs> it? No, it's the best, like for me, <laughs> the best sex is when I'm just like laughing and making jokes with my husband totally. and being mm-hmm. silly. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, that's like a big part of sex and sexuality mm-hmm. is like just not taking yourself so seriously and being kind of an open goofball about it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do, would you highly recommend that couples go to a sex shop together? Do you find it starts conversations they wouldn't have had necessarily or it definitely starts conversations they wouldn't have had um and it's definitely a fun thing to go with your partner to kind of see like oh are you into this new thing or how do you feel about you know blindfolds or how do you feel about massage oil Mm -hmm. and you can kind of to you know like even further kinky stuff but it's a great way to just kind of help open that dialogue because you're when you're surrounded by sex toys and if you're shopping then it's you're naturally talking about what do you want to try next? What are you into? What are you mm-hmm. interested in exploring? And then you have someone there that's knowledgeable. I mean, the experience of shopping at the Pleasure Chest is, you know, we pride ourselves on we're an upscale erotic boutique. Mm-hmm. So we're not like the frosted window paper bag jerk off booth <laughs> sort of establishment. You know, like we have bright lights. We're like, it's like shopping at Urban Outfitters. Mm-hmm. So it's a very comfortable experience. But people... People get fucking weird when they walk into a sex store. Yeah. Like they're embarrassed. They freak mm-hmm. out. Sometimes they can't come in unless they're drunk or they're high yeah. or they can't stop giggling. Hmm. So like for me, I mean, and I remember because I was the same way the first time I went to a set. When I went to the pleasure chest in my early 20s, like I was also like, hee, 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 like yeah. and nervous and like, oh, my God, what if someone sees me? But now that I've worked there, it's, it's like nothing. It's like you just walk in. It's work. I mean, right. it's a job. But people get very like awkward and get very you know uh it just it brings something out in people that's a little bit crazy but yeah i think sex toy shopping or even taking a class with your partner right doesn't mean that you're bad at sex doesn't mean that like there's anything wrong with you you're just learning something new and you're exploring something new together what are the types of classes that you offer you personally or the pleasure chest offer so the pleasure chest has kind of like we have our core classes so we have you know Oral sex, pretty much 101, mm-hmm. 201, 301. We have classes on anal. We have classes on pegging, strap-on sex, queer sex, uh, sensation play, BDSM, the female orgasm, the G-spot, prostate play, uh, rope bondage. The list goes on. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> we have, and so, I mean, spanking. Um, we And we have our in-house educators like me. Uh, and when you teach at the pleasure chest, you have to pass uh, – sex specialist exam Mm -hmm. which is like a very long it's like a two-hour long written exam that you have to pass and then you actually have to like do like kind of role plays with your boss of like oh i'm a customer looking for a thing how would you help that customer Mm -hmm. what does the Um, test include it's the test is a lot of like it's anatomy um and there's also a lot of training that goes into working like we train all of our employees in pleasure-based anatomy Mm -hmm. and like what different toys do for different types of bodies and Mm. you know if someone's looking for this for x like what's what would you recommend to them so the written test is a lot of like the different kinds of toy because we carry thousands of different products is about toy materials uh what types of lube you can use with different toys Mm -hmm. batteries versus rechargeables so it's really a lot about like merch and anatomy and dealing with customers um and dealing with people because we are like the cheapest 
sex therapists around. Like people yeah. come in and just unpack. That yeah. I imagine that it it really moves into therapy territory really really fast. Oh, it gets very intimate. I yeah. mean, I had this, this one woman come in, and she was like, "I'm looking for something because I'm having sex with the love of my life." And he's leaving me to marry someone else. And I want to send him off and show him, like, what he'll be missing. And I was like, oh, boy, let's unpack this. Whoa. And I'm like, like, I love talking to people. I love hearing stories. Mm-hmm. I love, you know. So she starts telling me all about, like, their affair and their relationship. We talked for 90 minutes. She cried. I cried. Whoa. We hugged at the end. Oh like, gosh. it was a very intense. Aww. And the whole time my manager's behind me, like, are you okay? Like, do you need help? Aww. Like, you know. Um, what do you purchase to send off the love of your life to get married? <laughs> I'm just like, what'd you buy? <laughs> she, she bought a few different things. Um, but I was also like, girl, don't spend a lot of money. Like, this yeah. Yeah. <laughs> get him the cheap toys. You buy yeah. stuff for you, girl. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. pretty much what I was trying to, to sell her on. Right. But, yeah. I mean, you get all kinds of people, old, young, gay, straight, queer, trans, like, mm-hmm just the rainbow of experiences. You get dominatrixes coming in with their subs, like bossing their sub around. Like you get, it's oh, wow. just everyone. It's such a slice of life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm actually right. As soon as I started this job, I was like, Oh my God, this is a television show. Yeah. So I wrote a pilot about working there and I'm shopping it around and I'm shooting a web series about working there in August. Oh, awesome. So I'm in pre-production on that right now. It's That's called great. Thank awesome. you. Come again. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, we're going to launch a Kickstarter in July. Yes. Um, so I'll send you a link for that. Yes, yes. please do. So look for Thank You Coming Come Again. <laughs> Great title. <laughs> oh look my for, God. Look for it coming soon. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think everyone should go to a sex store at least once. Yeah. yeah. Just, to, just to see what it's all about. Yeah. Um, and just to, you know, like take a class, learn something new. I teach a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I teach pretty much everything that isn't like intermediate advanced kinky stuff mm-hmm. like i don't really just because that's not my area of expertise right um so, but otherwise i teach like the other core classes um and i've got a class coming up uh july 12th i'm teaching suck it look it love it oral sex for all genders yeah. with my Whoa. friend michelle um so it's july 12th at 8 p.m it's free all of our classes are free uh and it's gonna be really fun it's two cool bisexual chicks talking about all different kinds of oral sex it's gonna be it's gonna be great at the pleasure chest at the pleasure chest in la yes so fun very cool all right we we've made it to our rapid fire rounds ladies (laughs) get ready for rapid fire sex questions i remember my lesson when you're ready oh wait say your lesson yeah um nobody really said this directly but i remember really learning it um mainly from my partner now but just realizing like I guess the advice I would say to other women is you do you like not just mm-hmm. masturbation, but particularly in partner, because I, I somehow got this idea that the, the whole point was to pleasure him. And if he didn't get off, then I hurt him or failed mm-hmm. and that that's what successful sex was. And yeah, I should get off too. But like, it was all about getting there and that's, it's hard to get away from that. Yeah. It, if you it's, lived yeah. a heteronormative life, it's hard to step away from that. Yeah. But yeah. I I think, like, I've had the most healing by having a partner that doesn't give me that pressure and, and realizing, that, like, that's not what he wants either. Like, th- that's not what makes the best sex. Like, it's not just about pleasing the man. And I think that we get that from the very beginning, our first sexual experiences as adolescents, and then it carries on into our adult years and, like, Women just don't have to buy into that. It's mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. an even deal. It's not one-sided like that. Yeah. I didn't say mine either, but I'm going to say it real quick right now. 
don't take your girlfriend to the hole in the wall jerk off sex shop. Take them to the pleasure chest. I learned that from not dating that person anymore. It took me there. My oh first God. vibrator. <laughs> we did. We went to the dirty store, and the man, I'll just never forget the man behind the counter took the vibrator out, turned it on, and showed it to us like on like a dirty countertop. And I was like, How many people has he taken this vibrator oh, out no. for? And it's mine now. Lucky me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, take them to the pleasure chest, fellas. Um, Or ladies. Or ladies. Or anybody. Mm -hmm. Anyone. Go there. Um, Clams. Anyway, rapid fire sex question rounds. Should we do it? (laughs) Hand or toy? Toy. Toy. Hand. Either. (laughs) Whatever's closest. (laughs) Lube or no lube? Uh, Depends when. Yeah, it depends. But lube, I do think, is like the most underrated sex toy accessory. Yeah. I don't have any lube at home right now, so I've just been doing saliva, but I just read something in researching for this that that can contribute to yeast infections. That's interesting. And that you should use lube and not your saliva. Come on by the store. I'll hook you up. Yes. (laughs) I want to learn all about lube, but I was also going to say it depends on when, where, what. Yeah, (laughs) it's important to know your cycle, too. Yeah. Make you feel better about everything. <laughs> yeah. Porn or no porn? No porn. Porn. Porn with a qualification, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah, porn depends on what kind of porn. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. what kind of porn? <laughs> you said you said no porn, but I said no porn. I I'm I'm like pretty. I don't even know what to call it. Innocent about porn still, and I'm kind of holding on to that for now. It's fair. I actually prefer like erotica. I'm old school, so I Me prefer too. like a ri- like a dirty story exactly. as opposed to porn. But if you do watch porn, awesome. But watch ethically made porn, and for God's sake, pay for your porn. People. Yes, pay yes. for your porn. I'm the same way. I like to read it. I go to lit erotica. Oh, I go to fanfiction.net. Oh, I'm going to try AO3. that one. Archive of our own. That's it's another fanfiction awesome. site. I really I I started to 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 read porn when I started to realize a lot of the porn that's all the porn that's free probably isn't super ethical and then I started to feel weird about it and then I uh, lost any kind of zhuzh it had for me and I did learn about this movement um I think there's a TED talk about it where people real people can upload just real sex Mm -hmm. um just to try and like balance out porn Mm -hmm. yeah like amateur porn yeah yeah Yeah. let's see we gotta teach you some things (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and there is feminist porn there right? is a lot yeah. of porn that can feel very like violent or like aggressive yeah. or just not it's because it's not made for women it's made for straight men so there is like female made porn that's feminist and that's more appealing mm-hmm. to a lot of people yeah I even like old school playboy letters I like a little erotica too but yeah even like the old school playboy letters for me it's all about stories anyway do you do it with or in front of your partner yeah Sometimes I don't love doing it with my partner because for me it's like masturbation is kind of like me time. Like it's like I get my alone time to like do stress relief and relax. And I feel like if I'm doing it with my partner, it's like I'm performing it mm-hmm. when in reality I'm just like want to get to business. But I've definitely done it before with partner like together. Mm-hmm. Mutual masturbation is fun. Yeah. I'm kind of a loner too. I kind of I kind of like to just have my me time. I am alone. Does someone want to date me? <laughs> yes but would you masturbate with them yes have done will do in the future 100 percent. 
How often? I had different experiences with different partners, for sure. It's, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a great way, especially when we're talking about masturbation as a means to tell someone what you like in bed. Right. Mutual masturbation is a great way for each partner to see, like, oh, this is how you like to do it. This is how you like to be touched. Mm-hmm. This is what gets you off. So mm-hmm. I think it's a great for, like, learning about each other, learning about yourself. Yeah. How often do you guys masturbate? Oh, oh alone. T- yeah, alone, I guess. Um, Like, every other day? Nice. Yeah. I'd say I orgasm every other day or try to anyway yeah i'd say about the same i'm i've been in a little rut i would say like once every two weeks i gotta up that well i would feel the difference but i mean i went years so yeah yeah you're making up for lost time you got ketchup but i do think it's very it can be cyclical and like depending on where you're at in your cycle or hormonally or like Mm -hmm. if you're depressed Mm -hmm. i mean i know like after the election like i did not want to have sex i didn't want to masturbate my vagina like curled up and died. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just kind of depends on like what's going on. Yeah. yeah. There's been you. some years. I think I actually masturbate a lot more when I'm single because in my college years, I was masturbating one to three times a day. I like your style. Hey, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, college, like you don't, have, you don't have to, you know, pay for your own life and be a full grown up. You got more time. You got more downtime. <laughs> oh, you have so much downtime. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah, there is that. You know, we got to, like, hustle. And hustle, masturbate. Hustle, masturbate. <laughs> it's a cycle. Yeah. <laughs> um, what triggers your desire? That's kind of personal. Mm, yeah. You don't have to go there if you don't want to. I don't know. I mean, I feel like that changes, yeah. right? It, it depends. Also, like, if you're alone or if you're with someone. Right. For me, I think kissing is really sexy. Like, mm-hmm. I love making out. Like, to me, like, that's a big turn on. Um, or, like, you know, if I'm watching someone, there's someone attractive on, like, a TV show, and I'm like, ooh. ooh. Um, but it could be, like, you know, it just kind of depends on whichever way the wind blows. Mm-hmm. I'm such <laughs> a cliche, I just realized. Um <laughs> last night uh my partner was cleaning a whole bunch <laughs> i totally wanted to have sex oh afterwards. my god so, i love that it's <laughs> like an old stereotype but i think it's that, like was it he wearing sense. a tight fitting apron and high heels <laughs> <laughs> no he just like well we got new floors <laughs> so, oh my god. and he he like smoked and then was just like all about cleaning these floors That's and i didn't sexy. know where he was couldn't find him <laughs> shirtless cleaning the floors you it's like, really like yes. an old stereotype. <laughs> um, oh, I, I was going to say, once I had a really random dream about Will Smith. Oh. And I was like, I woke up being like, what? Like, I was super into Will Smith in this dream. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like that, it's never come back. And it had never happened before that. So I just feel like it just kind of changes yeah. like, what you're going through. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Big time. I don't, I wish I, I wish I had like. You know, men just have it so easy. Like, I've dated guys that had, like, very specific spank bank, and they're like, bim, bam, boom, and it worked. And for me, same deal. It's, like, just changes all the time. <laughs> I'm like, I, here's, like, the weirdest one. It's not that weird. I don't know. I am, like, I do Shakespeare. I like Shakespeare. <laughs> I really like, this is so embarrassing. I really like when a dude is wearing, like, a fur cape <laughs> i don't know i don't know what it is <laughs> I, but that's very interesting because that is like that's like a bit of stereotypical vision i know of manhood. i know and i don't date manly i know it's men, fascinating fascinating men, really anyway i like it 
Um, oh, this has been so fun. I wish we didn't have to wrap up. I know. I mean, uh, just a reminder, everybody does it. Everybody <laughs> does it. So talk about it. Everybody yeah. Talks. Yeah, everybody yeah. talk about it. And the other really fun thing that I've learned from this film is that parents are talking to their kids about it. Like, that's a thing now. Like, it's not yeah. just, let's talk about the birds and the bees. It's, let's talk about masturbation, how that's a safe fun normal thing you can do mm-hmm. yeah and I think I really do believe that if we can empower girls with their sexuality at a young age it's going to have repercussions that will help us in so many other areas yeah yeah so absolutely. it's really exciting so talk to your kids about masturbation yeah. yeah and also if you're someone who maybe has never done it before mm-hmm. if you're or if you're doing it but feel for any reason bad about it don't. There's actually a lot of scientifically proven health benefits that come with masturbating. It reduces stress and anxiety. It helps you sleep. It boosts your endorphins, oxytocin, dopamine, all those feel-good chemicals. And some people think it can actually lead to uh, lower rates of cervical cancer or other kind of female issues because you're kind of bringing blood, increased blood flow Mm -hmm. to the area, bringing white blood cells down there. And it can be like a very good thing for you. And even for men, masturbating and having regular ejaculation reduces your risk of prostate cancer. Mm. So it really is, masturbation is self-care. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, you know, something to think about. If so, just wrapping up though. uh, So do you guys have any advice for people who might feel weird about it still or who don't do it or who are new to it? Like what is like, the best resource or feeling better and open about it that it's okay everybody does do it any thoughts on that I mean the most comforting thing is to know that you can do it completely by yourself so there's nobody watching so there's no consequence um and then just knowing that there are resources out there if you want to go to a place like the pleasure chest or just look at things online or whatever like it's a free country just start exploring you're not going to hurt anyone and all those health benefits that's what got me on board really was like that made me face my fears I was like oh it's a stress reducer (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean just don't there's no wrong answer and there's no wrong way to do it and just like explore and get comfortable with your body I mean it's your body it's the suit that you wear every day Mm -hmm. it's you so don't be afraid to explore yourself and don't be afraid to just try different things and get comfortable with your bod, you know, because mm-hmm. it's the only body you have. Awesome. Great. So everybody can find Chelsea teaching in July at the Pleasure Chest. You can find Everybody Does It on YouTube or Funny or Die, Megan Brotherton, creator of Everybody Does It. Thanks for listening, clams. Thank you. Thanks Thank for listening you. to the Clam Bake. Follow Yay. us on uh, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, hit us up if you got questions, comments, concerns. Thanks, clams. Yay! Yay! Yay. Welcome to the Clam Bake. It's the opposite of a sausage fest Just a couple of vaginas talking What's a creative podcast network?